Hello and welcome to Automators. This is episode seven and I am here with one of my great friends, David Sparks. How are you today, David? Excited, Rose. Every time I get to talk about automation, I, I it just warms the cockles of my heart. Ah, oh, yes. Are there yes. cockles? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're cockles. Think, okay. mine, if they are, then mine are very warm. If that means something else, then I'm just very happy to talk about automation. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, I mean, you're English, yeah. so I thought you would know. I mean, you know, you know I, the Queen's English. Yeah, the, off the top of my head, it should be. It warms the cockles of my heart, but I, I've had one of those days, so I could be saying something completely strange. So, hey. Hey, so, <laughs> so we, we've got to episode seven, and we thought we had a lot of feedback. The forum is, like, blowing up, so we thought it'd be fun to take a show and just kind of catch up with feedback. Uh, before we do, a uh, couple of announcements. I have um, been really busy. Boy, I released two field guides in a month, which I do not recommend to anyone, uh, but I've got one out on series shortcuts. It's like three hours, tons of, it's all video screencasts about series shortcuts. And then one on OmniFocus with the new version three coming out. And um, the, uh, I have introductory pricing on them. They're $24 and I kept it open specifically for the automators audience. Cause we, the way we record the show, we, we hadn't recorded since all this went down. So I said, I can't raise the price yet. I have the automators to talk to you. So if you're interested in series shortcuts, getting better at it or OmniFocus three, head over to learn.maxsparky.com. And the other thing, I, I'll toot Rose's horn. She wrote an amazing review of OmniFocus 3 on uh, Mac Stories. So we're going to put that in the show notes. So if you want to learn all about Mac, uh, OmniFocus 3 on the Mac and iOS, really, uh, you should go read that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting to write for Mac Stories. Yes. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah. It, all know, right. And um, I think as we, uh, you know, when we started the show, we just have a, a segment here called State of the, Automate, the Automators. Because <laughs> when we started the show, we were worried about this show because it was something that um, that is goes way geeky, you know, beyond what most podcasts do. You know, we're going to talk about Apple scripts. We're going to talk about creating these automation routines. And that's the reason why Rose and I spend the time to make the screencast and post all the extra material so you guys can kind of pick up with this. But uh, a lot of people told us there's no way that show will ever work. It's too geeky. Nobody will follow it. Well, let me tell you something. We're into episode seven. I was just looking at our download numbers and you are stuck with us. Yeah, definitely stuck with us. We're not going anywhere. We're like limpets yes. in a very positive manner. Yes. Positive limpets. Yes. Uh, yes. And good news. We're viable. So uh, we can make this show work. Rose and I definitely want to keep it coming. We hear from the emails from you. We read you guys in the forum. And, um, you know, our goal is to make normal people able to automate their life, get home earlier, get their work done so they can do fun stuff. That's the goal for the show. And I feel like we're pulling it off, Rose. High five. Yeah, we are. Virtual high five. Yeah. Definite virtual high five. And also for the people who are a bit nerdier and already into this stuff to give them more ideas because... Well, if we give you ideas, then hopefully you'll share them with us and we can help you share with them with the world. Because it's really amazing to see some of the stuff that people have come up with in the forums. I am so impressed. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So uh, anything else we want to do? Any other self-congratulatory notes we have? Um, we're awesome. I think we can go with that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, let's just run with it. Okay. Um, Siri Shortcuts is out now. Uh and the uh, iOS 12 is shipped. Uh, so the big question during the beta was, this is great, but I can't wait to see application support it. 
Oh, Rose, yeah. Rose, what applications have got you excited? So many. Um, so for people who like me or uh, who have been trying like me to track your time, Shortcuts has toggle integration or to be precise, toggle donates to Shortcuts. So if you start a timer in toggle, then that will then show up as an option in Shortcuts, which means I've built these into a bunch of my stuff uh, of my Shortcuts now. So that, for example, when I'm sitting down to do my podcasting stuff, as well as it setting do not disturb until the end of the event, et cetera, et cetera, it also starts a um, a, t- a toggle timer for tracking my podcasting time so that I know how long I get to spend talking to you guys, which is definitely really nice. Have you spotted any? Yeah, well, l- let me just talk about that for a minute because I think a running theme with all this, and and I, I apologize after we just had an hour and a half show with Matt Casanelli taking apart API calls, but I feel like the, one of the big benefits of this is this whole API nonsense is, is going to be much less relevant because... At, like the previously I had toggle timers and workflow. In fact, if you look at my series shortcuts field guide, you see them. They're just littered all over my series shortcuts screen because you know, I got one. If I'm going to take a walk, I've got one. If I'm going to play my sax, whatever, you know, uh, where now you don't have to do API calls. You know, those were all before API call based, which was a big pain in the neck to create. Now you just toggle donates it to you. You pull it out of the app. And then you put it in a workflow. So it what used to be an entire workflow or series shortcut now is simply one step and another shortcut. And the benefit of that is then you can combine it with other things. So I'm guessing when you sit down to podcast, you have a series shortcut that says I'm going to podcast. And let me guess, it uh, turns on do not disturb. Yes. Uh, it sets the timer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What else does it do? Uh, well, it actually uh, opens my OmniFocus. I have an automators folder in OmniFocus. Okay. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that this episode is sponsored by OmniGroup and OmniFocus, but we're not talking about it because of that. Um, and uh, so it does that so that I can make sure that I've got everything run, uh, running. You could have it open the Quip page, right? You do yeah, that. yeah, I could. Um, so Quip is what we use in the back end to plan the outline. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just pops up a reminder that I need to make sure that the Ethernet cable is running all the way down the hallway in the apartment because uh, <laughs> I, I, well, the Wi Fi in our apartment is great. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Um, we don't have ear here in Austria, so I couldn't use those. I've heard good things about them, but we have great Wi Fi. But just to be sure, uh, we have a 20 meter Ethernet cable running from one end of the apartment to the bedroom where I sit and record the podcast. And uh, it just reminds me to go make sure that that's plugged in. When I set up my home office, I I, uh, I spent the money to I paid a guy to come in and run a cable, and it's it was good money spent because my my internet connection is just killer now. Yeah. Ah, I should mention I did build one thing in after talking to Matthew Casanelli. I actually built in checking whether or not sunset is going to be um, within two hours of recording, and if it is, I close the blinds so that um, I can use the lights in the room because. Oh. Uh, Otherwise, uh, the blinds in this room are really, really loud, and I have HomeKit lighting in here. So from my phone, I can just pick it up and tap a button, and the lights will come on, which is great. But uh, then I'm sitting in front of a window, so everybody sitting in the apartment's opposite can just sort of look in and watch me podcast, and I'm not a fan of that. All right, so what we need to do is make this podcast super successful. I want everyone to tell two friends to to listen to it, so we can make a bunch of money, and Rose can buy one of those $1,000 
HomeKit blinds that just lowers. <laughs> they don't even sell them in Austria because, and we can't even fit blinds to the outside of our apartment. It's a whole thing that's not really automation related, but we okay. did want to get blinds and everything. Yeah. It doesn't work. All right. Um, well, it was a yes. try. I, I was working yeah, for you, Rose. It's a good try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, still tell two friends to listen to this because I, I've been hearing good feedback from you guys. You guys yeah. like what we're doing and it, you know, it seems approachable apparently. So yeah. that's a good thing. So I, I agree. Toggle is a really amazing time tracker. Uh, but the problem is you've got to throw a switch every time you want to make it work. So um, I've yeah. never really had much success with it, but maybe uh, this is the answer. Yeah. And- well, combining the toggle into my shortcuts and then having Launch Sensor Pro, which is getting a 3.0 update soon, they're working on it. Um, and I'm on the beta. It's very shiny. Um so that you can get uh, the location or time-based push notifications to remind you to run your shortcuts is really useful. So when I get to work, it's like, hey, you should probably clock in now. And when I clock in, it also starts my toggle timer. Though theoretically, the toggle timer is redundant, but still. I need to, uh, I'm just going to ask you on air, will you tell those guys to send me an invite? I would like to get in on that. I need to get yes. on Launch Center. Pro. I haven't used Launch Center for a long time. I think it's time to, to give that one another try. Um, the, the, uh, okay, I'll tell you an app that I'm really excited about is is um, Carrot Weather. And it's dumb, right? It's a weather app that makes snarky comments, but they've been very Siri shortcut friendly. And all that stuff we talked about with weather stuff on the last episode, I think a lot of that will be able to get out of Carrot Weather without having to go to an API call. Yes, and actually... Um Carrot Weather, it has a choice. You can pay an extra subscription uh, to use Weather Underground, but by default, it uses Dark Sky, which is exactly the same API we were talking about in the last episode. So I should really, instead of calling the Dark Sky API, see if I can get the sunset time out of Carrot. Well, that's my homework for this week. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's going to be that difficult. It's, um, I, I feel like we started the show, and this is a very self-congratulatory episode, gang, <laughs> because <laughs> Rose and I, I, in my mind, I felt like, okay, after we do this a couple of months, we have to check in to see if anybody cares. And I'm yeah. very happy. I looked at the numbers this morning. I had to look. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of people listening, and that's really great. So um, the uh, so I was very excited. And But I want to... Um, I do, I do want to try and simplify this stuff where we can. And, and I believe using Siri shortcuts as opposed to API calls is a great way to get folks Definitely. that normally uh, wouldn't want to deal with this stuff on board. Yeah. And for some things, you know, you'll still want to use an API. It's not that APIs are dead. They're all over yeah. the web. They're not going away anytime soon. Yeah. But, you know, if you can make this easier now, instead of having 20 actions to start a toggle shortcut, you have one. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's better for everybody involved. And also it's directly supported by toggle and all of that. So, and it does it in the app, which I believe means that if you're offline, then you will still be able to start timers with shortcuts that you may struggle to get Siri to trigger it if you are not online. Yeah. And then like OmniFocus and Ulysses, there's a bunch of apps that just, mm. that, that were already pretty good players with workflow that are just even deeper. And now that we have Siri shortcuts. Yes. And oh, one of my favorites though is Overcast. Marco has done a great job with Overcast yeah. and uh, they're, oh my gosh, I, I've, can't remember how many different ones there are. There's a bunch of, you know, default ones, which is go back by a certain number of seconds, go forward by a certain number of seconds, play, pause, previous podcast, next podcast, um, uh, setting speed. And then, of course, you get donated ones based on the actual podcasts that you're listening to. So, for example, one of mine says play free agents yeah. or play Mac Power users or play Cortex because yeah. those are some of the podcasts I listen to most frequently or in Cortex's case, try to listen to most frequently. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, no, it's yeah. great. And um, 
yeah, so uh, I don't know. It's like uh, very exciting times. And I think mm. that this stuff is only going to get better. I'm, I'm just so happy with the way the workflow acquisition went down. Yes, it could have been so terrible. I did wonder. There were dark days where we all wondered, is this the end of workflow? Is it one day just going to disappear and we're not going to hear anything? And to see it being demoed on stage at WWDC, I will grant you, I was in another room watching it being live streamed with a bunch of nerds who kept looking at me like I was some crazy girl because I was going, this is workflow. Yeah. Yeah, this, this, it, it's amazing. I am yep. so happy to see that we can get, you know, we're not just the people who want to bring this to everybody. Apple wants to bring it to everybody. That That's amazing. So how many are you starting with your voice? Um, More now that I bought a HomePod. Yes. So uh, you may have heard at the end of the last episode, Matthew Casanelli told me to buy a HomePod. And uh, you're not supposed to be able to buy them in here in Austria. They're not for sale because Austrian German is not supported. I don't care. I talked to my devices in British English and I found that there was a HomePod theoretically secondhand on a website. It's kind of like Best Buy. So I ordered it. I went and I picked it up and I really, really like it. And I'm triggering a lot more things now with my voice than I was previously. Between that and uh, <clears throat> my Series 4 Apple Watch, this month may have been a little expensive. Um, oh, did, did I, I'm, I'm doing a lot more. Yeah, I, I got, got it mine. lunch day. Yeah. Oh, I got you. lunch day. Um, and it's really nice. Um, I have to say the big screen is also good because then uh, if you had had workflow, then you would be able to press the buttons. But with other applications, actually being able to see what you're doing is pretty nice. 40 or um, 44? Uh, 40, because okay. my wrist yeah, is tiny, and this pretty. is basically the size of my wrist anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's really nice, because now I have the race to speak and all of that, and I should probably have my watch and do not disturb, so that doesn't happen. Well, you got to add that to your Siri shark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't no, know, you actually, can't, can't, can you do, I don't think you can do that. You can't specify which device do not disturb should be started on. That is something I would very much like to although, see. Although there is a setting on the watch to mirror the phone, so if you set the phone to do D&D, then the watch would do it automatically, presumably. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was set up to mirror. Maybe that setting got lost with the new watch. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm triggering a lot more now between the two of those because before with triggering it on my watch, I had a Series 2, which was pretty good. Um, but, you know, you'd try and trigger it and then it would say, communicating. And then there would be this really long pause with like some dots going across your screen. And then eventually, Siri would come back and go, I was unable to communicate. And it's like, thank you. I've just wasted five minutes of my life here. <laughs> and, and who ever would have thought that on a show about automation, it, uh, there'd be a relevant discussion about the HomePod, but there definitely is because oh, yeah, now there you can is. trigger all this stuff with Siri shortcuts. Uh, so much so, so I had a single HomePod, and when I set up my home office, I move it, I moved the HomePod to that room. And we had a, a, a Sonos Play 5, which is a nice speaker in the bedroom. And I just realized, you know what, I need siri shortcuts in the bedroom as well i like to get the news <laughs> in the morning and i like to trigger um different things through automation so i i just sold the sonos on ebay and i'm adding a, a home pod so now i'm gonna have two katie yeah. wins she katie floyd has three so uh, i think yeah, eventually no. i have to get the three i have to keep up you know with her but the uh <laughs> so i'm gonna have two Crazy. Well, I, I, I have not been feeding my HomePod. It is not tripled yet. It is not more yeah. than one HomePod. It's <laughs> uh, sitting on one side of my desk, and I have a Sonos one sitting on a bookcase on the other side of my desk. Um, and um, there, that's really nice. It's Sonos one, not a Play one. It's got Alexa built in, which is yeah. nice. And I'm very sorry if I just triggered you. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, right. uh, yes. We had some interesting automations um, uh, show up in various places on the internet following our show. Um, yes. Uh, you want to so, talk about some of those? Yeah. So um, in case you are not aware, we do have a forum at talk.automators.fm. And for every episode, uh, I have an automation with Zapier, which automatically creates a uh, a new thread so that you can talk about it. And in that first thread, there are a bunch of things. I'm just going to link the thread um, because there's all sorts of things. In fact, I'll link all of the threads from all of our first shows um, leading up to this uh, episode in the show notes because there were recommendations. Uh, Sal Sugoyen, of all people, uh, created an Apple script to parse just the column in numbers um, to add the events to your calendar. So the automation I shared with the spreadsheet where you can make things, which is great because then you can add, you know, two weeks to a previous date if you want to add a bunch of events. Um, he can add that directly to calendar. That was something I tried and failed to do. So I'm really glad somebody else did that. Um, several people mentioned, of course, don't necessarily automate this. Somebody else has already done that. Subscribe to their automation instead, which is a great suggestion. And also, there's a great application which we forgot to mention, Calendar Paste, which yes. is a really lovely application. It's for uh, it's for calendar event templates, basically. So uh, yes, that was that was episode one, essentially, um, which was really good. When you get Salsa Goyen contributing to your user feedback, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, that that was kind of amazing. I have to say. Which uh, was really good feedback to have somebody really expand upon what we've done. And if you have an expansion on what you've done to one of our workflows or automations and you want to share it, please, please do. You can either do it as a thread or um, post it in the comments of the episode um, because, you know, that's that's the place for it. Yeah, yeah. And the um, in addition to, and I guess I should just remind us we're, as we're making this victory lap episode, <laughs> the um, uh, in addition to the forum, you can go to the YouTube channel where we're posting all the the screen uh, casts of all this stuff, and also over at learn.maxsparky there is a course called Automators, and um, so you can subscribe to that. We're putting it in so many different places, yeah. So you'll get it everywhere. Yeah, the 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 one on Learn Max Sparky is really nice because uh, it's using all of the wonderful technology behind that. And uh, it's also very good if you're not some, so much of a fan of YouTube. Personally, I'm fine with YouTube, but we did get feedback from some people that they didn't like it. Yeah. And this doesn't it doesn't throw any ads at you or anything. You just get the stuff. Exactly. And, it, and yeah. it's downloadable. We give you the yeah. ability to download all the videos so you can put it on your device. This episode of Automators is brought to you by the Omni Group, makers of OmniFocus. OmniFocus 3 was released this week for macOS, and it, with OmniFocus 3 for iOS, is a fresh and major update to an app that has been the trusted gold standard to do app for 10 years since the very first day of the App Store. It is the best OmniFocus ever, and I can say that in full confidence because I choose to use OmniFocus. I don't use it because they sponsor the show. So, you can now use tags instead of context. Previously, there was one context per task or project. Now you can have tags and you can have as many tags as you like. Create tags for people, energy levels, priorities, locations, and much more. You can also look into the forecast view, which now shows you your tasks and your calendar events in chronological order so that you can see, uh-oh, next week is coming at you. Better get ahead. There are also enhanced repeating tasks, 
on iOS. Batch editing has been brought over from the Mac and you can set due dates, tags and other data for multiple tasks all at the same time. What better way to automate things? You can also use flexible inspectors on iOS, which only show you the data you want. And of course, on the Mac, you can just collapse any areas in the inspector that you don't want to see. OmniFocus even has its own website at inside.omnifocus.com. We can read articles from various authors about how they use OmniFocus and how they make it work for them. So go to omnifocus.com right now and start getting more done. That's OmniFocus. Accomplish more every day. Our thanks to the Omni Group for their support of this show and Relay FM. Rose, let's talk a little bit about where we're going with all of this because yeah. I uh, we because you know for the longest time or I guess the last few months we've been very eagerly anticipating series shortcuts. So going forward, we are definitely going to cover series shortcuts a lot on this show. Uh, but there's other things on the horizon that are looking really good. Um, uh, you know, I think we're going to try and get into some of the other iOS automation tools. Launch mm-hmm. Center Pro is a good example. Um, yeah. Scriptable is an app that has just kind of come out of nowhere. And we were, um, Scriptable is a script, is an app that allows you to write JavaScript for your um, your iOS device. Yeah. And implement so, it. Yeah, it's great because it hooks into so many of the APIs that are already there. So, for example, you can get calendar information out and things like that and present it directly to yourself in the Siri interface. So if there's an automation that you want that you can't find, well, you can program it yourself, but you don't need to write an application for it because uh, Simon the uh, creator of Scriptable has done that for you, which is really nice. Yeah, and I think if you were going to learn a programming language, you could you could do pretty well with JavaScript. I, I, oh, yeah. It's it's usable across platforms. The Omni Group, all the automation they're doing is JavaScript-based. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, If you want to like add on for this podcast, go to a, a level deeper, I would spend, spend a little time learning JavaScript there's um i i really think rose should make a course on it and if you agree with me you should tell her but that's <laughs> just me uh, but but rose where would you recommend people go to learn javascript now if they wanted to i mean that that's the difficulty that i've been finding i learned javascript through necessity i developed for the web and i started out knowing a bit of php and html and realized that was not enough and i needed to learn javascript um but the problem with javascript for automation is you don't have the the document uh which is the the web page that you're viewing um so i would suggest that for the time being people start with uh looking at example scripts um just like how i learn apple script find example scripts be that javascript for automation scripts be that Omni Automation Scripts for Omni Outliner or Omni Graffle, and hopefully very soon Omni Focus, or Scriptable Scripts, and pick it apart. And there are some, I, I'll put some links in the show notes of places that have good uh, JavaScript for web courses. Um, just bear in mind that a lot of these things they'll be saying, you know, like, you know, when somebody clicks on this button, well, you might not have a button to click on because you might not have a way to display that button. So that's something you have to keep in mind. I would also add to that if you want to start from the basics. I learned it going through the Linda courses, which I thought were pretty mm-hmm. good. And Code Academy is another good website, codeacademy.com. Yeah. So uh, if you're, you could start from zero with this stuff and pick it up. It's not rocket science. And yeah. the, um, it's, it, it's not like to me the level of Xcode. It's, it's more, it's more democratic than that. So if you want to pick it up from zero, 
do it, you know, maybe make that a little hobby, you know, spend 30 minutes a day for a month and then you'll, you'll be fine at it. Um, but the, uh, but th- that's something to think about going forward. So we're going to do a whole episode. We're playing on the scriptable app because, uh, you can JavaScript your way to fame and fortune on your iOS devices. And that that's like another level above Siri shortcuts. I mean, it just gives you more power. And I think that's something we definitely want to talk about. Yes. Uh, the other thing I should mention with Scriptable is it is free. Uh, so if you're not sure about it and you think, well, maybe I can do something with JavaScript, do download it. Uh, there are a bunch of sample scripts inside that do things like countdown to midnight, check whether or not Slack is up or down, usually down, uh, all sorts of things. And that's that's a good way to get some nice examples to get started. And you can go in there and um, write the script. You can you can take the demo scripts in there and start fiddling with them and you can learn yeah, stuff as exactly. well. exactly. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a great place to get started. And it's free. If you appreciate it, though, there is a tip jar, which I have most definitely used because I very much appreciate the app. Yeah, and, and like I said, it just, I mean, this is just a hypothetical. It wouldn't be a great idea if Rose taught us all JavaScript. I'm just saying. I feel like I might be being uh, or I'm having my arm twisted a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if, I, if enough people tell me to, then I'll yeah. do it. All right. The um, the other thing that we're going to uh, do is we're going to get into web automation going forward. I, I feel like, like we've covered the basics so far. We want to we want to expand our horizons a little bit. Um, things like Zapier and If This Then That and some of these other services. We want to get super nerdy on that. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we have a lot planned going forward and we're really happy that we uh, that we, uh, we have an audience and we can keep doing this. Yes. Uh, another thing for going forward, uh, I have a test Android. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a Nokia. It's running stock Android. It is currently running Android 8. I will be upgrading it to Android 9 hopefully this weekend. Um, that's my weekend project. And I would really, really like to hear how people are automating their Androids. Because at the moment, I own Tasker and Automate, and I've been playing with both of them. But I'd like to see what sort of things other people are doing, how they're doing it, any problems they've run into. There is an Android section of the Automators forum, and at the moment, it's quite bare. So I very much like to see some people telling me what I can do with that in there, just because, you know, the the more I can learn, the better. And then we can share that on the podcast, too. We are not iOS and Mac exclusive. We are very happy to share cross-platform things. So. Yeah, and I forgot to mention when we talked about Scriptable, we are the unofficial host of the Scriptable, Scriptable forum, too. So um, it, it, there's a lot of the, the developers in there all the time and a lot of users in there talking about Scriptable. So yes. um, there's just one more reason to sign up at the forum. Most definitely. All right. Um, well, there's some people in the forum that are super active, and I think we should point out a couple users you guys should be following. Yes. Uh, so um, I have some handles here and some names. Uh, so I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Silumer, uh, his name is Stephen Millard, according to his public profile. Uh, and Rob and Jared or iBanks have all been expe- especially helpful. I've noticed them sharing lots of really great things example scripts, helping people debug, things like that. That is really, really helpful. And we are very appreciative of all, everybody who's helping out in the forums, just because it makes it a really nice place to hang out. Yes. Um, what about this thing, Rose, with triggering shortcuts with NFC? Yeah, so this kind of flew under the radar at the latest iPhone announcement. And um, as of, uh, I believe it was the iPhone 7, the iPhones got NFC and the ability to read tags. That was possibly released, I want to say, that was released with iOS 
11 last year, the iPhone 7 could get uh, could read NFC. So, of course, it was there with the iPhone 8 and 10 as well. But you had to unlock your phone, open a specific application, read the NFC tag, and then confirm the action. Uh, quite lengthy. Uh, iPhone 10s, 10s Max, and 10R. Um, uh, yes, I did not say X. Um, so have the option that they can read uh, NFC tags without the user doing something. Now, they won't execute any actions. So from a security perspective, this is not too much of a problem. The most it's going to do is pop up a notification on your screen saying, hey, do you want to run this? Uh, but what this means is, for example, if you have an NFC tag in the phone holder in your car, every time you put your phone in it, it will prompt you to run a driving shortcut, which would then perhaps start your favorite podcast playlist and uh, put your phone in do not disturb while driving mode, send a message to your best friend saying that you're on your way, things like that, which is really nice for automation. It won't do anything entirely by itself. And of course, you can execute these same things by with Siri. You can say, hello, lady, please do this. Yeah. Um, but, you know, not having to remember to say that, it prompting you to do that, this is an extra sort of thing for like Launch Center Pro is where it'll pop up and remind you that you wanted to run this. So you could have tags stuck on your desk at work and so on. You know, all sorts of things. Yeah, and um, and so uh, you know, the idea is you get a couple of these tags, and they're separately. I, I've never worked with one, but as I understand, they're separately separately identifiable to the phone. Yeah. So you could have a reminder related to your house, related to your car, related to your work, mm -hmm. whatever. And um, yeah, uh, I'm going to order some of these things. So I've got the new phone, and see yes. what I can do with this. So we'll we'll be covering that going forward yes. as well. You're definitely going to have to report back because I have an iPhone 10 and I very much like it. So I've decided that this year I'm not upgrading. Yeah. I'm going to see how long I held out for. Uh, hopefully until next year. Um, and uh, so you're going to have to report back. But I know we use NFC tags a lot at work. Our security team use them and they use that to verify which... Uh, which actual locations they have checked in as part of their security rounds in what order and it logs it with a timestamp. So... Uh, that's quite cool. Though they're not using iPhones, they're using Androids, but it all counts, right? All right. Well, we've got uh, things are going great with the automators. We've got a lot we're looking forward to. Anything else we need to talk about today? I don't think so, other than if you have cool workflows to share. And by workflows, I mean any kind of automation on any platform please share it in the forums. Similarly, if you want to ask us a question, the best place to ask it is in the forums because then it's not just our eyes on it, but the eyes of all of those lovely, helpful people in the forums. Yes. You have really been making the forums the great place that they are. All right. Well, we'll see you in two weeks with some new content and uh, can't wait to see you then. Looking forward to talking to everybody in two weeks. Mm -hmm.